Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I got a red jelly bean. I mean, that, it just doesn't get any better than that. I'll tell you what. Wow. You didn't have to clean up after that one because I was going to clean them up as I went through. You know, that's, that's uh, well, I, I just, uh, I'm a sucker for a jelly bean. Okay. Um, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 1. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? <clears throat> Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. As he said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring the disciples the word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice, for they came... Whoops, sorry. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, this day that we could come and worship you, and and how special a day this really is. Well, Lord, as as we have opened your word, we just ask that you would bless this time together, that you would open our hearts and our minds, and Father, that you would lead us in a direction that only you could lead. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave your Bibles open, your apps open. Watch the screen, whatever. You know, um, it's, it's an amazing thing when you think back. And you go back 2,000 years. And, and I thought about that this morning as, as we were... Um, at the sunrise service down at the hospital this morning, and it, and it kind of came to me that it was, um, you know, 2,000 years ago on a morning like this, um, that something spectacular was going to happen, uh, something spectacular that was going to change. It was going to change our lives 
forever, forever. Not just forever in terms of, of earthly years, um, not, not just like forever like, wow, that preacher preached forever. It wasn't that type of forever. But this is in terms of eternity. Eternity was, was, there was something that was going to change our lives for eternity. Um, you know, Webster's Dictionary, when, when you look up eternity, it, it says an infinite time, eternal existence, and I, and I would emphasize existence, or a timeless state after, after death. Something happened 2,000 years ago that when these women came and they saw this open tomb, that, that their lives and that your lives were going to be changed. Changed. One occurrence. Changed. I like to, in, when, we, when we look at, at, uh, at the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, to be able to kind of bounce around between the Gospels in this because they all have their, their special characteristics, the special things that, that, that were noticed. But, and as the, as the Gospels cover the event, we see that, that the women were on their way down to the tomb. This part we got. We got this. The Gospel of John says it was Mary Magdalene. Mark says it was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and, and Salome. Luke says um, the women. And, and what it is is a continuation in Luke from chapter 23 where the women, um, after Christ was, was put into the tomb, went home and they put together the spices that, that they were going to come back with on Sunday morning and that they were going to anoint the body with these spices. And so it rolls right into chapter 24 where these women are coming down to the tomb. Now, these women, as, as they're coming towards the tomb, they saw that where Jesus was placed. They saw the tomb. They knew that, that he was placed within, within this tomb. And so you, I don't know what we would think when we were when we would be walking down towards the tomb and we ne- needed to get to the, to the body of our, of our Savior. They love Jesus. And, and as they walked to the tomb, you know what their concern was? How are we going to get the stone out of the way? How are we going to roll the this, this stone? I wonder who will do that for us. How, how are we going to get into it? And, and, you know, that might have stopped a lot of people in their tracks. They never would have gone any farther. They're going, there isn't going to be anybody there to open the tomb. How are we going to get into it? How are we going to open this tomb? I want you to picture this. Again, it's just like this sunrise service. It's, it's dark. Dawn is, is coming. But it's still dark out. And, and as they approach the tomb, the earth shakes. It shakes. In fact, Scripture says that it was an earthquake. And, and it had to happen when the women were close, they were getting close to the tomb, and, and all of a sudden they just feel the ground shake. And when they get there, 
they see that the tomb is, is opened. The tomb is, is open. And the stone is, is laying to the side. And there's an angel sitting on the stone. I always think angels have sense of humors, but just sitting there on the stone waiting for him to show up. And I like how they describe the angel. The continents like, like lightning. But that wasn't, that wasn't it. The clothing was as pure, as white as snow. And so you have the, the, the clothing that, that the angel is wearing is as pure and white, but yet their countenance is like lightning. You got two different, two different things that, that that angel must have, it must have been shocking to see that angel sitting on, on the stone, waiting for the women to, to show up. Um, the Gospel of John uses the term, the Gospel of John says, uses the term not rolled away, but, but taken away. That is the term that, that they use in John. The stone was not rolled, but it was, it was taken. The stone was thrown not so that Jesus could come out. See, this didn't happen until the women were close enough. And when the women got close enough, then it was time to open up the tomb. It wasn't so Jesus could get out. It was so that the women could look in. You see? Jesus was already gone. He was already out of there. You see... Here's another little thing about, uh, from the Gospel of John. I don't know if you, if, when you read the Gospel of John about the resurrection, after they, they, uh, the women see that the tomb is empty, the first place that they go is they, they run off to tell the, the disciples that Jesus is risen. That was their order. That was what, this, is, this is what they were told to do. Go, go tell the disciples that Jesus is risen. So they run they find the disciples. They tell the disciples that, that the Lord has risen. He's gone. Of course, they don't really believe that the women could see. I, I'm not going there as far as, as whether they believe the women or not. But anyway, Peter and John run towards the tomb. And, of course, John outruns Peter. And when, Peter, or when, when John gets to the tomb, it says in Scripture that he stooped down and he went to look in. He didn't stand up and walk in. He didn't have to crawl in. He stooped down and looked in, mainly because he was too chicken to go into a tomb. But Peter came along and then Peter went in. You see, the garden tomb... Yes, there's Peter. Um, the garden tomb... The doorway to the tomb is about four and a half to five feet high. Been there. Been there. You know, one of these days I'm going to put the picture of the tomb up on the, you know, you would think, hey, put up a picture of the tomb. There there it is. The doorway is four and a half to five feet high. You step over the track where the stone would be, then you duck down and you walk into the tomb. Okay. So we know how big the doorway is. We've established all of that. The stone to cover the tomb. The stone 
that was sealing the door to the tomb, if it was covering an opening that was approximately that wide, how wide is that? Three foot? Three foot? By four and a half to five foot. The stone that it would take to cover that door, conservatively speaking, would have to be one and a half to two tons. In the size of this thing, and it would weigh that much. And that stone was taken away. It was thrown. It was thrown off to the side. Folks, that's your earthquake. Because it happened when the women were close to the tomb, and you take a two-ton, 4,000-pound stone, and you drop it, guess what? The earth shakes. Anybody want to arm wrestle an angel? Hey, <laughs> Nicholas would. <laughs> wow, there's your earthquake. Jesus was gone. This was so the women could look in and, and see that the risen Lord, that God was not there. You know, when you think about this, and you think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high, and the high priest in all the fits that they had because of Jesus, what a radical, what, what, a, what a troublemaker. He was, by the time that, that they had finally put Jesus Christ on that cross, and, and when, he gave it, when he gave up his life on that cross, and they took him down, and they put him in that tomb. Those, those officials, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the high priest, they must have been so, so relieved. When they put that stone in front of that doorway, they thought, wow, it's done. It's done. He had been crucified and stuck in the tomb, and now things could get back to, they could get back to normal. But what if he is who he said he was? What if that was the case? They must have, have been able to, to relax for a moment until, until one of them said, you know, Jesus said he was coming back in three days. Flip over in the Bible to, to Matthew 27 in 62 through 64 where it says, 62 to 64, where it says, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, Command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people he has risen from the dead. So the last deception, so the last deception will be worse than the first. Go plant a guard outside that tomb because if those disciples come back and they're going to steal the body, We don't want what he's been doing, all the deception that he has been laying out before he went to the cross. We don't want that to come back to us again after his death. To be sure that the disciples 
wouldn't come to steal his body. They placed guards. They placed guards outside the tomb. These guys, the officials, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priests, they were nervous. They were scared about what was happening. And, and when that angel came and took that stone and threw that stone to the side, the guards fainted. They fainted out. They became as, as dead. Isn't it funny how the Bible does that? When you die, it says you're asleep. When you faint, it says as dead. So I, I, but that's the way, it's the way it describes it. It's the way it describes it. Could the disciples have stolen his body? Listen, Scripture tells us that over the next 40 days, Christ spoke with many, many of his disciples, and he spoke with them many, many times. Look over in 1 Corinthians 15, 6. 1 Corinthians 15, 6, where it says, After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. (laughs) Some have died. This is Paul, and Paul is talking about the people that, that witnessed Jesus in the resurrected body who was speaking to them, who came, and he wasn't afraid of standing before a large group of people, and he would speak to them, And there was many, when Paul wrote this this epistle, um, that were still alive. And they weren't refuting what Paul was writing, is that Jesus Christ was alive. Did his disciples come and steal his body? They'd have had to have done a whole lot more than steal his body to bring Jesus Christ out and have him speak to them, to speak to so many, to speak to large groups. Wow. Paul said that many of those who witnessed him were alive that day. But you know, there's still a lot of people who will deny. There are people who will deny that the resurrection. They say that, that a tomb, they found a tomb someplace that, that, and they found Jesus in it. And the problem is, folks, that, that some people will believe that. Worse than that, there are some Christians who will believe that. And when they believe that, they'll say, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Lots of difference. Thank you. Lots of difference. What difference? Well, I'll tell you what. Scripture has something to say about those that say, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? 1 Corinthians 15, 12 where it says, now if Christ is, what did I say, 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 15, 12, where it says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ when he did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise, 
For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all, we are of all men the most pitiable. If, if, if we are, if, if we're sitting around thinking that, that Christ was resurrected from the dead, and he was never resurrected from the dead, then folks, we're the most pitiful bunch of people that on the face of the earth. We're fools. And those who have died before us with faith in Christ and the resurrection of Christ, if Christ was not risen, they were fools. They were fools. Let me tell you, I, you know, this, this strikes me when I, when I watched the Living Lord's Supper the other night, and the guys are up here and they're telling their lives the life that they had when they met Jesus Christ and, and what he was to each of them. And it, wasn't one, it was one thing to walk with Christ, but it was far more the walk that they took after Christ was crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. There was so much more. It took so much more for those disciples to continue on. Because you, you see, every one of them was martyred. Every one of them was put to death. Except John. John was banished to to Patmos. And there God gave him the book of Revelation. God was still using him. But you see, the thing is, is that these disciples went and continued on over over this Lord that, that some would say, no, he wasn't resurrected. He's still in the ground someplace. He's over in Jerusalem someplace, and he's a bag of bones sitting over there. No, he's not. You see, folks, men don't become martyred for a hoax. They don't. And every one of those disciples that was martyred had the opportunity to say, we're kidding This really didn't happen. If you'd like, I'll stand up in front of a whole bunch of people and I'll tell you this whole thing was a hoax. Please, just just don't kill me. And they didn't do that. And Peter was actually crucified upside down so that his crucifixion wouldn't, he wouldn't resemble Christ in his crucifixion. If this wasn't real, if these guys hadn't seen something that was totally remarkable, believe me, folks, they would have turned tail and ran, and they didn't. See, but what's more importantly than, than men not dying for a hoax is, is this, is that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins. He was. He is the Son of God the perfect Lamb of God, whose blood was shed for you. 
And if he wasn't raised three days after he was laid into that tomb, then he wasn't the Son of God. And if he wasn't the Son of God, then he was nothing more than a martyr, and that's it. That's it. And every one of us is lost in our sin. Folks, that's not the case. That's not the case. Folks, if, if that is what actually happened, then this is as good as it's going to get, and, and you are, are damned in your sin. And that's all there is to it. But folks, this day is not a day of doom and gloom. It is a day of rejoicing because the Son of God went to the cross, shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin, was buried in a tomb, and three days later he rose from the dead. He defeated death. He was the Son of God. (laughs) He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. Does it matter if he was raised from the dead? Wow. You can bet your eternity on it because it does. You see, as we go to the table this morning, folks, we go to the table this morning and we give thanks for what the Lord has done for us. You come to the table and you give thanks for your salvation for what Christ has done for each and every one of us. Folks, if, as you come, you're going to kneel at the altar, or at the rail, if, if you know, you're able. But folks, think about what he's done. Think about who you would be without him. If, if after taking communion, if after the service is over, if you want to speak to, to me or to Justin or to one of our prayer warriors, fact is, folks, we're available to you. And I don't want you to, to walk away from this place today if you aren't 100% sure that what Jesus Christ did on the cross as a son of God, he did for you. He did it for you. You just need to be able to accept what he's done. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. This isn't just about eternity. This is about the life that we live on this earth as he walks with you throughout this life. Folks, don't let the day pass. Don't let the time pass. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.